your breather more than anything else. A couple more worship songs as we, uh, as we come into God's presence. This next song, there was one line, and I'll be honest with you, I've sung this many, many times. Uh, this one line jumped out at me today. And if you call yourself a follower of God, if you now live under the kingship and the lordship of God, there are implications. Uh, you have a job to do, we all do, and that's to share the story of Jesus to other people. Um, and there's one line in the song that says, if you walk in freedom, and if you bear his name, well then, sing the song forever, dear lamb, without break, so holy forever. You may remain seated for this.
hear me? Oh, wow. Um, it's great to see you all tonight. Uh, most of you here will, will uh, know Alvin and Linda and uh, will realize how they have enriched our fellowship here. And sometimes it's, um, it's good to get an insight into to people and get to know a little bit more about them. Uh, and that's what we plan to do tonight. Uh, Alvin hasn't seen any of these questions, by the way, so he doesn't know what's, what's ahead of him. But I also think that it's by no accident that any of us are here tonight, and I hope that this won't be just a time of idle chat, but it'll be a time when you will be open to something that the Holy Spirit may lay in your heart. It may be in, in the worship, it may be in something we sing, it may be in something that uh, Alvin, Alvin says. Uh, so be open to being challenged tonight by the by the Holy Spirit in some way. Alvin, thank you for for uh, allowing yourself to be uh, cross-examined. First of all, you know we want to know a little bit about you. So what I thought we would start off with an easy question. I said we'd have easy questions tonight uh, because he's a simple guy, you know. Uh, so uh, the first thing I was wondering about what about Brexit and the Windsor <laughs> Agreement and the Northern Ireland Protocol, how would you implement that? No. Okay. Alvin, I can't detect an accent. What part of the world do you come from? Where do you hail from? Same as Raymond. <laughs> uh, Raymond and I both come from Refrile, and he's much younger than I am, but I'm better looking than he is. So, <laughs> so you. And what about Linda? She's from that part of the world as yeah, well? She's from Bambridge, because okay. we moved down to Bambridge when I was about um, 17. And we both went to school uh, together, but she was a Christian, and I wasn't a Christian, so she wouldn't speak to me. So, <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. About it's that. not true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. What about uh, you went to Bambridge? Would that be Brand Bambridge Academy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, were you involved in Christian? Did you come under Christian home, for instance? Uh, no, or church going, um, folks sat in third or and third or we were, and uh, my daddy was an elder uh, there, so we always had that kind of churchy influence. And my mummy always said when I was a wee boy, like I don't remember this, but like four or five, she would always say that if people asked me, what do you want to be? Well, most boys want to be a fireman. I, she always said, I want to be a preacher. I don't remember that 
but that's what she said. And I do remember, though, being six, seven, eight, and reading me missionary books. And I love my Bible, I love missionary books. And I remember reading one, lying in bed and reading it, and the, these cannibals had eaten the missionaries. <laughs> and I was in absolute tears at the end of the book, and it finished with, and who will go and place them? And I remember saying to the Lord, Lord, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go to Donegadee, the, the minister's there, but I'll go to Donegadee, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, so that, those were early years. And then 13, 11, 12, 13, forget, we, we had a guy called Windsor Toll, lovely uh, brethren man, worked for us, and he ran we children's meetings. Maybe you remember them, Raymond. Uh, and uh, uh, he invited us and, you know, preached the gospel. And if you want to become a Christian, you put your hand up. And every night I put my hand up, you know. But I had a real experience of Jesus. Um, and we owned a, a, a hardware shop in a big, long yard, like the yard had been three times the length of this probably and it was dark and I was scared but one of my jobs was to lock the doors there was a number of doors up the yard I petrified the life out of me so I used to lock them on the way up and run like a hammer's back down again because I was sure somebody was going to jump out and, and uh, uh, but this night having uh, I you know met with Jesus and, and experienced his presence and I for the first time in my life I walked back down that yard what age were you then? I, I can't remember. It was kind of like 10, 11, 12, 13, something like that kind. Um, and I remember uh, 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 the presence of Jesus was lovely, but it started to fade after, I don't know, two, three, four weeks, whatever. And I remember standing uh, in our kitchen and I said to Mummy, Mummy, I have something to tell you. And uh, she says, What is it? And I says, I've become a Christian. And I, Without thinking, because my mummy was always encouraging, uh, my mummy said, well, some Christian you are. Because <laughs> uh, you've done this or whatever. I forget what it was. It wasn't, I, I didn't rob the bank or anything in refound, you know. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, uh, do you know, so this mummy would have been horrified because she was so supportive. But uh, in my wee heart, I just thought, maybe I'm not a Christian because the feelings were fading. And, and I thought, well, maybe... Maybe, maybe I'm not a Christian, and I gave up. And, and just all through teenage years, I gave up, um, and my life started to drift the other way. And, and, uh, but I always had this thing in my heart, maybe someday, some way, somehow, I would find Jesus or he would find me. And, and the last year in uh, uh, secondary school in Bamridge Academy, um, two or three times, God spoke to me, like a wee simple thing. I was coming out the, the door of a, of a block and this guy was walking across the, the playground. He was a Christian guy, a guy called David Couples. He was ministering in a school. He was a couple of years younger than me. And I, I didn't really know him well, but I knew he was a Christian. And everybody in Bambridge Academy knew he was a Christian. And as I opened that door to go out, I saw him and I heard this thought in my head, he's got something that you haven't got. So it was about the third thing that happened that year, which, which now I know Jesus was speaking to me. And uh, so I was mucking about. You, you know, at that stage, because my best friend had left school, so he had nothing to do at night, so he used to come and get a motorbike, so that was great, you know. So, um, and when I left, it was to come out, I'd done really badly, at least, you know. And, and I was got it, and my parents were got it, and, that night I just got down on the side of my bed and said to Jesus, Jesus, 
I've tried to live my life my own way and it hasn't worked, so here and now I just want to ask you to come into my life and forgive me my sins and I surrender my life to you. You take and do with it whatever you want to. And I got it back up off my knees and I didn't feel anything, like nothing. And I remember back to 13 feeling the presence of Jesus and I felt nothing and that really worried me. And and then the next day I went out and, and I met um, some of my mates because they called around to tell me how well they'd done in A-levels, <laughs> which wasn't great. And I was working in a petrol station just down the road, 100 yards down the road. And they, I wanted to say, look, guys, I've given my life to Jesus. Now I'm going to try and follow him. But because I didn't feel anything, I didn't feel any difference, I didn't feel the presence of Jesus, I didn't want to say in case it hadn't worked, you know. And uh, they left, and I was gutted absolutely got it and I was about to give up and say well I, I don't know how you get this thing to work and we first popped into my mind from Revelation 3.20 behold I stand the door and knock if anyone opens the door I will come in and I remember looking up this guy and said Jesus I don't know very much about you but like I do know this that if you make a promise you keep a promise and as much as I know I was genuine last night when I asked you into my life so I'm just going to start to live and I'm going to start to tell and I'm going to start to follow and that's what I did and you know I, I said earlier that it's by no accident that any of us are here tonight and I'm sure there's a lot of people who could empathize with the trials that you had in your teenage years what happened after Bridge Academy? Well, I had done badly in the A-levels, but thankfully to be a minister, you don't need to be that intelligent. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so I managed to scrape into Queens to do theology. So there I was in October, that's just August, A-levels, you, you know, 1974. Uh, and uh, there, um, August, September, October, End of September, beginning of October, I was sitting doing theology, starting a theology course, and, and sitting in Union College, starting theology, 18 years of age, you know, front seat, keen as mustard, you know. So, uh, so I, I did that for a year, and then I decided I better think about this and really make sure that's what God wanted me to do. So I jumped into an arts course doing history and Hebrew, which sounds pretty amazing, but it wasn't that amazing. But it, but. Through uh, Queens, I got involved in Christian Union, and they were just incredible with me because I was a young Christian. But I, I learned how to, you know, follow Jesus, work that out, and I always had a, a passion for sharing Jesus with other people. And uh, I remember they had these wee groups where you could pray for places all over the world, you know, you know, Asia or South America, wherever. Well, that, being the adventurous type, I went for the one praying for Ireland because <laughs> a really exciting person, you know. And, uh, but it, in my heart grew a real love for particularly the south of Ireland and people from probably Catholic background who maybe just didn't have all of the opportunities that we had to, you know, read God's word and, and just, just to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. And, and that grew in my life more and more and more. Just and so all I ever wanted to do from that point on was was you know working south and at the end of Queens of three years I got an opportunity with two others to go to Cork University in Cork and uh, start what we called evangelistic Bible studies to try and help 
and folks just read the Bible and come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. And I did that for two years and then jumped back to theology where I started 18 and uh, uh, went back to that. Well, was it, was it that stage you decided to become a minister? Because there's a big difference between studying theology and being a minister. Yeah. Uh, no, no, yeah. I, I mean, I'd always wanted to be a minister. I mean, that was since four. And so, because I wasn't a Christian, I didn't think it was the greatest idea to become a minister. <laughs> so I was always looking. But I, I always thought, that's what I wanted to do. That's, and it was there always in my heart. You know, it was the strangest thing. It was always in my heart, even though I knew it wasn't. Brilliant. Uh, could, could you give us, um, tell us a little bit about your journey as a minister, where you've been? Yeah, so, so then I, I worked as an assistant minister in Rosetta Road in St. Andrews and the Craig Estate, really. George Best family were, were part of our, and I was a, I was a Man United supporter, and, and George Best was stuck up my wall, so, you know, that was great. Um, and, but my heart was uh, to go south, and so. Uh, married Linda, which was a great idea, really. And, uh, <laughs> and we had Joanna, who was six months, and we got an opportunity to go to Galway. Uh, it, was a, it was a strange system, you know, so basically we got a chance to go for two years, and uh, off we headed to Galway. I was so excited. It was a university town. I loved students. Uh, you know, it was the south of Ireland. It was the very west. So, the next Presbyterian church from me in Galway, um, eastwards, was looking on the west side of Dublin. So practically nearly a hundred miles between uh, me and my neighbouring Presbyterian church. Amazing. So you've been, you came from Rathfriland, you moved to Banbridge, you went to Cork, you went to Galway. No wonder there's, you have a neutral accent. Yeah. Um, what are, what are the biggest challenges about being a minister, in your opinion? What are the challenges and, and, and privileges that you would see in, in, in that journey? That wasn't one of the questions I gave you, was it? No, it wasn't. <laughs> you haven't given me any of these questions. I'm making them up as go along. What are the things that you find most difficult about being a, being a minister? Well, can I go for the privileges first? Yeah. The greatest privilege of being a minister is walking uh, with people through pain. That's the greatest. You know, the greatest privilege is that we, you know, Mark, I, you know, any minister gets to walk through some of the most difficult places and painful places in people's lives and are trusted to do so. So people open their hearts and open their lives, you know, to us. And, and uh, that's, you know, for me, it's the, the greatest privilege, greatest privilege. And the challenges? Mm -hmm. Greatest challenge is staying close to Jesus. Because being a minister, you can just get sucked into doing, running, serving, organizing, da 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 da. And the biggest battle I ever have in my life is just keeping my relationship with Jesus real, alive, loving, intimate, you know, and allowing Him to really you know be first in my life and first and and then working that out and you know in family and, and with the folks that you find it easy to get on with and with the folks who find it difficult to get on with me so. I, I guess the first time I came across you Alvin was in West yeah. um, 
Interestingly, Alton has started the Alpha course for, for any of us who want to be refreshed. I used to take um, the opportunities on Sunday evenings to go to other churches because inevitably if you're in your own church, you're counting who's there, who's lifting the offering or, you know, or all the bases being covered, whereas it was lovely just to go uh, to other churches and relax and, and, and be fed. And I used to go to West when, when you were there. Tell us a little bit, you, was West after Lucan or, or after, after, after Galway? Uh, yeah, so, so after two years we had to leave because it was a strange system, but we left. And so David Couples actually was down visiting us at Christmas and we were talking about this. And there was my life you know, a growing hunger for an openness to and um, to the Holy Spirit and just to to the ways that that you know I'd never seen him really work in my life before. But just some things were were there was a growing hunger in my heart just for more. Um, and we we were just talking about West Church because David Bailey, the minister, had been there for years, had been asking. David Couples, would he come and work with me? David was looking for a, 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 somebody to come and work with him, and David Couples said no. But he went back up and said, oh, there's a guy in Galway who might be interested. And uh, I'd never met David Bailey in my life. I didn't really know anything much about uh, West Church, except that it was a kind of big, big church that was open to the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff. But uh, he rang me in those days with the mobile phone, just landlines, and he rang me, and, and I picked up the phone, and as soon as I heard his voice, my heart leapt. It was the strangest thing. I just, my heart just immediately leapt. And I just felt it was God, really, you know. So I went there, went for two years, but we, st we ended up staying for um, six years, and I never... I'd never seen God work in the ways that I saw God work through David's ministry and through, you know, life and spirit seminars that we did in West and through healings and through salvations. The number of people that we saw coming to faith in Christ and, and converted and transformed and changed and in ways that we saw Jesus at work by his spirit. You know, those were, were powerful, powerful ways. And so we ended up staying for six years. And, you know, so, and, and it was, yeah, it was so lovely. And then you moved on to Donoghadee? And then, yeah, there was time to go. And again, there wasn't anywhere in the south that we could go at that stage. So we ended up in uh, Donoghadee, which is a bit of a... I always say when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a chat with God to see what <laughs> what went wrong in that plan, you know. So, uh, so yes, we ended up in and uh, Day for 28 years. So. I, I remember one other time. I can't even remember what the context was, but you were telling us about your prayer journals and and so on that you kept in in Day. Yeah. Would you would you like to share that with with some of the people here? How did they? How did you use those? Journals, yeah. So, um, I just in, in my life, I, you know, I've got all these kind of wee prayer things that I do each day, and it's, it's not about prayer; it's about intimacy with Jesus. That's really what it is, because that's what prayer is, isn't it? Just wanting to 
draw close to Jesus and, and just open my heart to the Father. And so I always say my, one of my greatest treasures from Donegal Day is my prayer journal. So I've got a box of them, a shoebox full of them, big shoebox full of these prayer journals, which are really just a record of God's faithfulness. So, so as a minister, I would just put down Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I'd put down what I was doing. And then I'd be praying over, you know, meeting so-and-so, got a meeting for this uh, Alpha courses on tonight. We're, we're reaching out, doing evangelism and this or that. So, you know, every week I would just put down on the left-hand side of the page and then the right-hand side of the page I would put answers. And then the back of the journal I would put, uh, you know, praise God, you know, got an opportunity to share with so-and-so, you know, praise God, this da-da-da. Uh, oh Lord, that did not go well, you know, or whatever it happens to be. And so it's just a record of just trying to pray over every part of my life and, and just over everything that I was trying to do as, as a church. So those pr pr prayer, you know, like I, I wrote down just all the different ways that we tried to pray. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, we, we, did, we got into prayer rooms, 24-7 prayer rooms, you know, those kind of wee prayer rooms. So so basically that came out when, and so we set aside a wee room uh, in Shore Street and we would have run these weeks of prayers and uh, so we, would have, we didn't do 24-7 prayers, we just did 7-7 seven, seven. so we, we ran it from a week um, from 9 o'clock in the morning to maybe 9 o'clock at night and we, we got people to sign up for half hour prayer slots because we thought uh, you know one hour prayer slots would just put people off because I think well what would you do in a room if you went into a room on your own and what would you do to pray for an hour we thought that was a bit scary for folks so we, we decided to start with half hour and yet then some people began to take our slots because when they got in and we had things up in the wall where people could put up prayer requests or, or ways in which God had answered prayer or you know so and it was just uh, well I loved it I mean and, and some of our core people really loved it and never got the number of people that m my heart longed for. But so, but I, I, we always felt they were just really kind of special times. So, you know, uh, uh, what else? Uh, we did prayer walking around Donegaday, yeah. So we used to walk around Donegaday, we teams, twos, just walking around, just praying over the streets, praying over the houses, hearts, homes. I, I, I do that now where I live walk around just praying over every heart every house every home come lord jesus just come like a wind and just enter into every house there's not a house that you can't get into because you're the one true king the one true savior the one true lord so we did prayer walks we did uh, we did healing on the streets prayer for healing on the streets so you know we um we loved that we would during uh, we took a week and we would offer um, prayer for people you know, um, um, for healing, and uh, we, we loved that. And uh, uh, we d we did prayer ministry team. So tonight in Shore Street, there's a healing service. So we started the healing service about I don't know ten years ago, and we we did first Sunday of every month because I wanted there to be a place in Donegaday where if somebody was hurting physically, emotionally, spiritually, that they could know that they would come. And uh, we did some worship. And uh, somebody would speak, and then we had a wee prayer ministry team, about six, eight people, and we'd invite people to come forward for prayer. And it was amazing the number of people who came forward for prayer. 
I know Alvin, you're a big advocate of the alpha courses. Yeah. What do you see as, as the main uh, um, benefit of, of an alpha course? Um, but, yeah, I, I love alpha course. When, when we first went, 28 years, you know, we started something called the Lie to God, which was kind of pre-alpha course. And uh, uh, so we started with eight people or something, wasn't that, Linda, something like that, eight, ten people in our front room in, in the manse. And, uh, you know, over the years, we ran that every single year to, we used to do it twice a year, and then we went to just once a year. And uh, so, uh, uh, you know, so, uh, uh, yeah, and then 2017, we changed to Alpha. There's Carly and, and uh, Creighton, and <laughs> no problem. No problem. Uh, so I love Alpha courses because they were just a, the place to invite somebody who was searching, who had questions. I, I never invited them to church. I never thought church was the right person, place for somebody who had questions. I, I may be wrong in that. That was just my kind of thing. But I said, look, we run this course. Think of it as three nights. The first night you'll hear it because you just feel awkward and strange. Second night you'll hear it because you just feel awkward and strange. But by night three, you'll, you, something will happen. You'll decide in your heart, you know, uh, yes, there's something here. And for people who are searching for people, so if I did any funerals, if I did any weddings, if I did any baptisms, if I um, came alongside anybody anywhere, I would be saying to them, I worked really hard at it, because you have to work really hard at it. I would say, look, we run this week course. It's called Alpha and uh, just give it a go for three nights. You know, cause I, I know so many folks, like I, I remember a guy came with his wife and, she, and he said to her, you better find a friend after the first night because I'm just coming for the first night for you, but you better find a friend because I'm not coming back. And on the second night, it was him that wanted to come back, not her. And I, I just, over the years, I think we, we saw I don't know how many people come to a, a real, living, loving, saving a relationship with Jesus through Alpha, just filled with the love of Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, just lives touched and lives beginning to be changed. Alvin, as I said earlier, we have been really en enriched by both you and Linda, how the love of Jesus has shone through both of you in, in all that you've done uh, here. In, in finishing, is there? A, do you have a favourite hymn? Yeah, I do. A favourite hymn. Well, it's not. It's not a favourite. It's one that I, I think is the hardest hymn in all the world to sing, which is Jesus, all for Jesus, all I am and have and ever hope to be. Because I would want to sing that. That's my heart to sing that. But giving your all to Jesus is just the hardest thing in all the world to do. You know, I find it to be that I want him to have all there is to have of me. Um, like my heart, if you were to try and sum up my life, uh, you know, I would sum it up in one word, which is more. I just want more. I just want more of the presence of God. Like that is just the genuine thirst of my heart, just for more, for us as a church, for you. You know, for 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 me as an individual, I I my heart just cries for more of Jesus, more of His presence. Like I, I think, as churches, our greatest need is for the 
presence of Jesus to, to fill us and to flood us. Because I don't think we'll ever going to impact, you know, the folks here sitting tonight watching whatever's on TV. We will never impact them unless we experience more of the presence of Jesus here and here in, in our lives, unless I experience more of the presence of Jesus in my heart. So I think the greatest need of us as, as, as people, us as churches, as I get a chance to go around different churches now a wee bit, our greatest need is, is just more of Jesus, more of the presence of Jesus. Like when I read the book of Acts, I can't believe that what they call church and what we're experiencing in church is the same thing. It's not. It's not. And, and so if it's not, then the only thing we can do is say, God, there's more. There is more. We, we haven't, you know, like we haven't tasted your more yet, Lord. I want more. My heart cries for more for us as individuals, for us as a church. And so Jesus, all for Jesus, is just my heart to give him more of me to, so he can only fill as much as I give him and I want to give him more. Alvin, on, on behalf of everyone here, I would like to thank you for opening your heart and, and giving the Holy Spirit the opportunity to rest on some of the hearts here tonight. So thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Let's remain seated for this song.
not just to dip our toes into an experience with you but just to give everything Jesus all for Jesus thank you everything that you've done for us thank you that your spirit continues to work in our lives help us to get to know you intimately help us to give more and more to you in the name of Jesus Amen and we're just going to close this evening uh, with a lovely song it just thanks Jesus for his blood and for what he's done for us. I was a wretch I remember who I was I was lost, I was blind, I was running out of time. Sin separated, the breach was far too wide. But from the far side of the chasm, you held me in your sight. So you made a way the great divide left behind heaven's home to build it here in 
Thank you so much. Good evening.